What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? Everybody, everybody, everybody. You are listening to The Bounce. As always, folks, this is episode 80. My name is Jabari Anderson with my co-host, L'Oreal. L'Oreal, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Jabari. I mean, the NBA offseason is getting more and more hotter. Mm. WNBA, the second half of the season is about to start after a great All-Star weekend in the shy. Yes. I'm excited for this show. Mm. Home of Candace Parker, right? Yes, the CP3. The yes. CP3. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get the show in a row. Let's go, you know, let's go ahead and start with NBA basketball. So last week we talked about that Kevin Durant won it out of Brooklyn. You know, he wanted to make sure that, listen, I know I got four years left in my deal, but I'm going to request a trade out of the Brooklyn Nets. But anyway, so what has happened was, is that the Brooklyn Nets made a trade offer to the Minnesota Timberwolves, right? So this is what the trade offer was to, to the T-Wolves. The Nets offered to acquire Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and four first-round draft picks, and the Minnesota Timberwolves will acquire Kevin Durant. The now the Minnesota Timberwolves said, "Nah, we, we're not going to have that." They declined that immediately, and this was before they they acquired Rudy Gobert. So this was way before when they had all those draft picks. As of right now, we don't know if Kevin Durant is going to be traded before or or whatever it is. We don't. We just don't know when he's going to get traded. All we know is that it may be a possibility. And as of right now, the trade talks. For anybody to get Kevin Durant has been stagnant. It's been slow so far, especially in the offseason. Is the Brooklyn Nets asking price too much for Kevin Durant? Absolutely. And I think it's really ridiculous for Brooklyn to think that they can demand these type of offers from these kind of teams. Why would the Timberwolves give up Carl Anthony Towns, who they just paid, um, Anthony Edwards, or any type of player like that for Kevin Durant? And it's the same thing as if, you know, if they were to make a trade offer with the Phoenix Suns and they asked for Chris Paul and Devin Booker, which they can't even ask for Devin Booker because of that whole thing of Ben Simmons having that rookie extension still. Yeah. CBA so a lot of players, you can't even trade. You can't trade Devin Booker. You can't trade Bam and the Bio, et cetera, et cetera. Or it could be another thing of like if they were to ask the Pelicans to trade away Zion Williamson or Brandon Ingram in exchange for Kevin Durant. It's just not going to happen. And I also deeply believe that Brooklyn, they're trying to recover somehow because they realize how much collateral damage they have done to their team. And it's not even just because of the fact that they got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Remember that trade they did to try to get James Harden where they traded away Jared Allen, Torian Prince, a lot of good young guys, as well as multiple draft picks in order to get James Harden. That was a lot of collateral damage that they have done. So where I'm looking at these ridiculous trade offers that they're making to these teams to try to get rid of Kevin Durant, it just makes a lot of sense that they're trying so hard to recover from that collateral damage. But they simply cannot do that by the way that they're asking for some of these offers. They have to be real here. It will be completely different if, let's say, this trade or this whole saga thing happened about like 2017 or about a couple years prior to Kevin Durant getting older, prior to Kevin Durant having that Achilles injury, because that even though Kevin Durant can still perform the way that he can perform scoring-wise, you could tell that the man is not playing the way that he used to play. 
he actually hesitates a lot of times when he does drives or when he has to do these lucrative plays because he just can't perform the way that he can before because his body is not what it used to be. So Brooklyn has to take that consideration. Yes, a lot of teams will give up a lot for Kevin Durant. We know this, but in reality, they have to understand, and I'm sure other teams are understanding, Kevin Durant is not that hot on the market as he would have been before if he would have demanded the trade. Like, let's say, for example, he's the man in the trade when, you know, he was still in OKC before he went to the Golden State Warriors. Then you can make all these kind of packages where, okay, I could trade maybe a couple superstars and some other assets along with draft picks for Kevin Durant because at the time it would be worth it. But Kevin Durant is is only getting older and he's not going to play like he used to play before. So the harsh reality that Brooklyn had to face is that you have to be realistic with some of your trade offers. I think that they should just look at a lot of these teams like Phoenix and like Miami and just look at some of the assets that they can know that they can work with right away. In Phoenix, you can get a DeAndre Aiden, a Michael Bridges, and get your draft picks. And when we're talking about Miami, you can give away Tyler Hero. You might have to give away Kyle Lowry. And we already mentioned about the fact that they're going to be a third or fourth team involved with a lot of these trades. You can't just simply do a two-team trade if you're trying to get a guy as big as Kevin Durant. And on Brooklyn's part, you're trying to get so many things from all these other teams in exchange for Kevin Durant. It's just not going to happen. Um, Like in Atlanta, for an example. We already know that Atlanta's trying so hard to get rid of John Collins. And look at it. They already gave away Kevin Herter to Sacramento. So that tells you right now they might be making sure they have enough money to where if they want to get a Kevin Durant, they can do that. You can trade away a lot of guys if you're in a team like in Atlanta. Like a Memphis, you could trade away a Jaron Jackson Jr., even if he had injuries. Maybe a Desmond Bain or other assets along with draft picks. But that's the number one thing that Brooklyn has to realize if they want to make this a reality. You can't just get a whole bunch of superstars and picks to try to get rid of Kevin Durant because you already made that collateral damage you did before. You have to focus on getting assets and assets that you can have right away so that, you know, Brooklyn won't be in a situation where they feel like it's a lose-lose. If I were them, I would make some trades with Phoenix, um, with other young teams like a Toronto, for example, because Masai already made it clear. He's not trading away Scotty Barnes. But you could still get OG um, Anunobi. You could possibly get um, a Pascal Siakam. They can give away Gary Trent Jr. There are so many options where if Brooklyn is just thinking about the assets that they can get that can help them right away instead of thinking, oh, we need to get a whole bunch of superstars because we're going to end up losing the superstars. No, it's not going to work like that. And that's the problem with a lot of these teams and players. They think that their bargaining has to be astronomically high when it doesn't have to be. It's just something as simple as, what am I looking at the bigger picture here? The bigger picture is, of course, Kevin Durant is going to probably be gone. Kyrie Irving is going to be gone. I mean, every single day we keep hearing about him going to the Lakers, and I just wish they would just get it over with because I'm tired of hearing about it. But the biggest issue is that those guys are most likely going to be gone. So in the end, you're going to still have Ben Simmons on your team because they're not going to get rid of him. You're still going to have other assets like Nick Claxton, Joe Harris, if he come back healthy, and if the Brooklyn don't include him in any deal. So you have guys that you can work with. So if you focus on the assets like a DeAndre Ayton or Michael Bridges, 
guys who can play defense, can score, can give you a great amount of talent and playing time, that's what Brooklyn needs to focus on. Not focusing so much on trying to get stars that they realistically cannot get. Personally, I do not believe that their asking price is too much for Kevin Durant. Why? Because Kevin Durant, let, let me ask you this. Where is Kevin Durant as far as the best players in the game right now? He's definitely at most top five, in my opinion, top three. Okay, so if he's top five or top three player in the game right now, if you have Kevin Durant on your team, what does that mean for your team? What, is, what does that mean? What is your expectations if you have Kevin Durant on your team? A championship. If a championship is the expectations, why wouldn't the Brooklyn Nets say, let's go ahead and get as much as we can for Kevin Durant? Like, that, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, Kevin Durant is so great that you have to get something that – it has to be an offer that they cannot refuse. You would do the same thing for LeBron James when he when he was in his prime. You would you would do the same thing for Kawhi. You would you would do the exact same thing for Steph Curry or Giannis. Why would you not do the same thing for Kevin Durant? It makes perfect sense. So yeah, if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, knowing the fact that I have a top five player on my team, I'm going to get the biggest haul for Kevin Durant. I don't have a problem for the Brooklyn Nets going all out because that's how much Kevin Durant's value, his impact is worth. And here's another thing I want to bring up about Kevin Durant. Here, so I understand that people want to bring up his health and everything. I understand that. But Kevin Durant, who's a top five player, who can say your expectations is to win a championship. You have to add Kevin Durant. Minnesota, listen, I, I understand that people are going to look at Anthony Edwards and they look at Carl Anthony Towns. Now, let's be very clear right now. I'm not worried about the draft picks because they had get rid of those draft picks. Like, let's be real. If you have Anthony Edwards on your team, are you are you looking at Anthony Edwards say, you know what, that man in the next three years can lead you to a championship? Probably not, okay. to be honest. Okay, probably not. And looking at Carl Anthony Towns, who is the best player on that team, are you going to say Carl Anthony Towns can lead Minnesota to a championship? Probably not. Okay, why is their asking price too much? Kevin Durant is better than both of those players, and he can for sure – lead a team further than Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. That makes perfect sense to me, knowing the fact that who Kevin Durant is and what he can do for you for your team. Because Kevin Durant is one of those players that you put this guy on any team and they are a championship contender. Plain and simple. Looking at this team, and I, and I like Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, but right now, you will probably say right now, they are a playoff team, not a championship contender, right? Yeah. Anything that the that the Brooklyn Nets offer, they're not going to get the same amount as they're going to get or the same value as they get when they let Kevin Durant go. I understand that, but you're going to have to get as much as you can to let go of Kevin Durant. To trade Kevin Durant, you have to get a great offer, a great value piece that's just as value as Kevin Durant or even close to it. So I was looking at a list and I was looking at everybody, all the players, right? I was thinking, hmm, you know what? Take the CBA rule out, take the, the whole salary cap, right? Take the salaries out. And let's just say that would you trade Kevin Durant for this player? Or if you are an NBA team and the Brooklyn Nets want to give you Kevin Durant, would you trade X, Y, and Z for Kevin Durant? For example, would you trade Giannis for Kevin Durant? No, just because of the fact that when you think of Milwaukee, 
they have what they need. And Giannis is just as valuable as Kevin Durant is. Oh, okay, all right, all right, all right. Would you trade Steph Curry if you're at Golden State? Um, yeah, I think that's reasonable. So you, uh, so you, uh, Steph okay. for KD swap? Okay, all right, all right, okay. So Steph for KD, okay, all right. Would you trade Trey Young for Kevin Durant? Yes, I would. Okay, Kawhi Leonard. Hmm. No, I wouldn't. No, not me either. Jason Tatum. Yes, I would. You would say you would you would actually trade that man? Whew. Jimmy Butler. Yes, I would. Luka Doncic. Yes, I would. Nikola Jokic. Yes, I would. LeBron James. Yeah, I would. Okay, so I what, what so if, if you are saying in most of these cases, the only player that I've heard you say that you would not trade, well, only players you say is Kawhi and Giannis. If that's the case, then the next asking price is, is not too much. So if you're the Brooklyn... It's just not realistic, Jabari. That's the point. It's not realistic. It's not realistic in this day and age to trade away Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns. When I talk about Phoenix, they're already trying to get rid of DeAndre Aiden, Michael Bridges. These guys have been given their money for specific reasons. I think it's more than reasonable for Brooklyn to do a trade with Phoenix where you can get Michael Bridges, DeAndre Aiden, because guess what? And fix your defensive problems. You ain't got to worry about defense because you got guys who can play defense. And on top of that, you already are getting draft picks. It'll be different if no draft picks was involved. Brooklyn's already getting at least four or five first round draft picks. Well, they well, the draft picks has to be included for sure. But if I'm Brooklyn, I want Devin Booker. I want Devin Booker. I'm not asking for for DeAndre Aiden. Well, sadly, they can't because unfortunately the Ben Simmons thing. And if that wasn't the case, then, yeah, I probably would be like, yeah, reasonably, if you wanted to do, like, Aiden, Booker, and Bridges, so be it. I think that's reasonable. Well, guess what? I, well, I, that's my thing. I mean, I just think that it's just hard to make a trade or to trade Kevin Durant for any value that's there because of the new C- – because of the CBA rule. That's the reason why. So, but to me, like, as far as their asking price, I don't think it's too much because – you want to get as much. And besides, if I'm Brooklyn, I want to compete for a title. I, I still want to compete. And, and you already know, once they trade Kevin Durant, they're going to trade Kyrie Irving. It's just a matter of time when they're going to trade Kevin Durant. That's the only thing about it. So they're it. not going to compete for a championship, period. There's no way. Because they, they have it right there. Their chance to compete for a championship is Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. That is their chance. Yeah. Uh, how many How many games is Kyrie Irving going to play? How many games is he going to exactly. play? Exactly. How many games is he going to play? He played 20, 29 games last season. The year before, he played 54 games. And then and then two years before, he only played 20 games. So how many games is he going to play? I got to worry about Kyrie Irving. Exactly. But when we look at the surface, we know for a fact that, like, that's the thing. Like, let's just think about talent. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving is your best chance to compete for a championship. Plain and simple. Then There's Kevin nobody Durant, that's going to... Then Kevin Durant needs to make it be very clear that you're staying in Brooklyn and you better compete for a title in Brooklyn. I can't I can't get nothing. Anybody who I want, I can't do it. Hell, I bet Brooklyn would say, I want John Morant, but I can't get John Morant. So I'm just saying right now, look, Kevin Durant, like I said beforehand, I don't think Kevin Durant should be asking out now whatsoever because I just think it's just... Kevin Durant in the last three seasons with Brooklyn, he's only played 90 games, 90 games, 90 games. And you mean, and, and look, and I, and I haven't said, and I said this before, 
Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons should be good enough for you guys to compete in the East. If they're not good enough to compete in the East, that's a problem right there. But as of right now, like as I said before, I don't think they're asking prices too much. But Kevin Durant, who, who, who's demanding a trade, I don't think now whatsoever he's obligated to ask for a trade when you already sign a four-year deal that guarantees you this certain amount of money. No way, no how. Athletes are getting paid millions of dollars to work. If I Listen, I used remember we used to go to Central and Mount Pleasant? If Central Michigan University or if anybody in Mount Pleasant was going to offer me a five-year, $251 million contract, if that if I was going to get that, I'm staying in Mount Pleasant for those all those five years. Why? Mm-hmm. Because I'm making bank. I would yep. say, shoot, it is what it is. Speaking of which, we're going to talk about somebody else who got their money this summer, and that is about Zion Williamson. So let's go ahead and talk about Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson signed a five-year extension that was worth $193 million. It's his rookie max extension that could be up, you know, if everything goes right, it can go up to $231 million for him to stay with the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, obviously, we all know that this man has an injury history. This man, for some reason, just can't stay healthy. And in his three years in the NBA, he's only played 85 games. Last season, he played, well, you know, the season that he actually played, that was in 2021, he played 61 games. He, Zion Williamson did say that he is looking forward to returning with the team this upcoming season and state that he wants to prove that he is a winner. What is the Pelican ceiling with a healthy Zion Williamson? I think with a healthy Zion Williamson, this Pelican ceiling can be really high. I think that um, my expectation for them next season is to be a playoff team. I think the gate, they can go as high as six, seven, or eight. I'm not going to put them as a top five team yet because what people got to understand is that next year, the Western Conference is going to look completely different. I mean, when you look at the Western Conference as far as what happened this past season, obviously Phoenix was at the top. Memphis jumped all the way to second. Then you had Golden State. Then you had Utah and Denver and the other teams that follow. Because, like, we all know that the Clippers are not going to be as low as they were before for a lot of these other teams. So considering all of that, I think the realistic stealing that I believe will happen for the Pelicans with a healthy Zion is the highest point be a playoff team from the sixth to eighth spot. I think that when you look at this lineup with a healthy Zion Williamson, the team is going to be big. I mean, you already have people like him, Valachunas. You have people like Brandon Ingram. So it's going to be a big and tall team with lots of defense. I love the fact that the team last season with CJ and Brandon Ingram, even without a Zion Williamson, that was a great team. I mean, that team fought hard to be in the playing spot and to actually be in the playoffs. And the fact that they was able to win two games against Phoenix, that made me really excited. And the first thing I thought of after that fact was that, man, just imagine if Zion will be on this team. If Zion's on this team, especially when healthy, that can go even up. Because even if Zion only played 85 games, his numbers are not that bad. Um, he averaged about 27, shot over 60% from the field. I think when you see a healthy Zion, you'll see the same thing because he can shoot. He can play defense. He's going to have that dominant presence. And I just think that with this Pelicans team, I'm going to be excited to see them in the Western Conference this season. I think that they can go against 
a lot of teams, I think they can be better than Utah. I think they can be better than Dallas. Um, we'll obviously see how Phoenix plays and as well as other teams, but I think the Pelicans have the potential to be better than a lot of teams, and they have what they need in order for them to drive to that point. They have the players. I think the projected lineup, like I said, with Valanciunas, um, Brandon Ingram, T.J. McCollum, and then you have Zion as well, as well as the other role players on this team. That's enough talent. I love what Willie Green is doing. There's no doubt that he's going to be even more excited to have Zion back on this team with the lineup that he already has. I think the future is bright for the Pelicans. And like I said, I think realistically, I can see them being a playoff team because the West is, is going to be still tough and it's going to be very different. A lot of the teams that we've seen that were much higher, they might be much lower next season. The teams that we saw that were low this season much might be much higher this season. But I think when you look at this lineup and you look at the fact that when Zion is healthy, he is a force. And I think he's going to be a dominant force come this upcoming season. I'm wishing the best for him. I hope that he can remain healthy because that's really the key. If the Pelicans were able to get to the playoffs, especially once they added C.J. McCollum, that was the switch for them. Once he was on that team, things changed. Ball movement was a lot better. Players, whether it be role players or bench players, they played a lot better. The team played a lot smoother once you added CJ to the lineup. So no doubt in my mind, if you have a healthy Zion, it's going to be even much easier because you have another dominant guy that can give you a lot more that the Pelicans do need, especially coming into this season going against these other teams. So definitely, if you have a healthy Zion Williamson, you can definitely get to the playoffs between the sixth and the eighth spot. No doubt about it. This team with a healthy Zion Williamson, I, I really think the Pelicans can go normally how they were last season, a playing team that can turn to a playoff team. My biggest concern is that they're going to think about running their offense through Zion Williamson. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm being honest right here. I don't think that they can strive with Zion Williamson as their go-to guy who can carry or can run their offense through him. Because last time I checked, when Zion Williamson, when the offense ran through Zion, they were a lottery team. They were not a playing team. When they ran their offense through Brandon Ingram, they were a playing team. Now, obviously, with the help of acquiring CJ McCollum, you also have Herbert Jones. You have Jonas Valachunas, Larry Nance Jr., Jackson Hayes. These players right here, especially um, the, the one guy, I forgot his name, but Jose Alvarado. Yeah, that guy right there who's going to be a sophomore next season. You have these guys right here, young, talented, who could play multiple positions with a nice young head coach in Willie Green. This team strives better when Brandon Ingram has the office run through him. Zion Williamson is a guy. Listen, I understand that Zion, he's a great scorer, but he's a great low post scorer. He can't shoot the ball. He's a good rebounder, not a great rebounder. He can't defend. He's not a great passer. It's kind of like Zion is just, he, he's, he's just a guy who can, who could put up 20 and 10 at times and make no impact. They have to do whatever it takes to make sure that Brandon Ingram is their best player and run the offense through them. The Pelicans, they're a team who's good. They are legit. I don't think anybody's going to look at this team and say they deserve to be a top five team. As you said, I understand the Suns were going through a lot of issues, but as of right now, they're not better than the Suns, the Warriors, the, the Grizzlies, 
the Clippers, the Dallas. I don't, I, I don't know if they're better than Dallas. Is it safe to say that they're, are they better than the Denver Nuggets? No, I can't put them over Denver. Are they better than the Lakers? I'll, I'll give you that. They're better than the Lakers. I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you better than the Lakers. But the problem that I have is, is Zion's health. Zion needs to stay healthy. And can he make the impact? They strive when Zion was out. Yes, last season they were 36 and 46, but they won more without Zion than with Zion. Yes, Zion Williamson is a guy who can average 27 points and seven rebounds, but can he impact the game with wins? Can he find a way how to make his teammates better? And when I mean make his teammates better, I'm not talking about facilitating. I'm talking about when he's on the court, can he instantly make his teammates better? And right now, I have to see that, one, he can stay healthy and he can impact his team with wins. That is my thing about Zion. Because, look, he's only played 85 games, like I said beforehand. This guy only played 61 games that where he was actually healthy. Last season, he's having foot problems. I don't know what the deal is. And I don't know why the heck that, they, that the Pelicans thought that he deserved that five-year, whatever, $193 million contract that until it turned to $231 million, with obviously with incentives, you know what I'm saying? We'll see what happens here. He needs to stay healthy. But right now, I got to see how this team looks. But as of right now, I'm going to say that this is a playing team that could turn to a playoff team. It has to run through Brandon Ingram, not Zion. And I'm concerned that they might go after Zion to run the offense through him. So let's go to another player who signed an extension. I mean, there's been, I mean, obviously, you signed an extension, you signed an extension, you signed an extension. I mean, there's a lot of guys who signed a max extension because obviously they're either, you know, one year left on their, de- on their deal or, you know, they're rookies or whatnot. You know, it is what it is. Or they're free agents. But Damian Lillard, this guy right here who has, who had three years left on this deal, he chose to sign a two-year $120 million max contract extension with the Portland Trailblazers. So originally he could have been, he could have been a free agent in 2025. Now he can be a free agent in 2026. He has a player option for the 2022. Well, he has a player option for the 2026 and 2027 season. So he can low key. Well, not low key. He can actually be with the Portland Trailblazers until 2027 or he can opt out of his contract in 2026 so instead of having three years left he has four years left on his deal where he has to stay with the pulling trailblazers as of right now he doesn't have a no trade clause just let you know so he can be traded at any moment but as of right now he will stay with portland for the next four years and he did say when he did sign that extension that he says that winning a title outside of portland is unfulfilling he wants to win a title but he has to win it in Portland because that is what he wants to do. And he doesn't want to be a hypocrite. He wants to be consistent as a man who he claimed that he wants to be. He doesn't want to run from the grind. He wants to be a guy that wants to win as the man. He wants to win a title as the man. So L'Oreal, I want to bring this up because I know we, we talked about Damian Litter a lot about him staying with Portland. Obviously this Portland team is different. Do you respect Dame's decision? I do respect his decision. And I mean, when you really just think about who Dame is and what he says, he's right. I mean, we will call him a hypocrite as much as we want him to go on to another team and win. Because remember, I told you, you know, 
before Philly went and go out to get James Harden, I was thinking if you want to actually compete, try to match Damian Lillard with Joel. Clearly that didn't happen because we know Daryl Morey, he wanted James Harden. So that's just what happened. Clearly wanted James Harden. (laughs) Clearly wanted that. So that wasn't going to happen. And how that worked out. (laughs) I mean, we'll see what happens so far. You know, James, he decided to take a pay cut. He wants to try to stay with the team to help them win. So we'll see what that happens. But when we talk about Damian Lillard, again, like, I do respect the fact that he's trying to be truly who he is because the real reality is we would call him a hypocrite if he went out of his way. And remember, we just said this about like, Bradley like Beal. Right. We just said this about Bradley Beal. We said for Bradley Beal, for you to say that you wanted to win and this and that, and, you know, you turn around you and you, and you sign that deal, you're not sticking true to your word. So for Dame, I respect him for – sticking true to his word. And when you already think about it, the man has been in Portland already for almost a decade. It's no, it has been, been a decade. It's been 10 years. He's going to be in year 11 uh, next season. So it's like, when you already been in it for so long, really, you know, it, it, I think the best decision is to just stay and stick it out. And I think that Portland, they're working in the best interest of Damian Lillard because you got rid of CJ McCollum. So now that kind of helps with Dane because he don't have to worry so much about sharing the ball or sharing the efforts. He can actually be the actual guy and everything can run through him. Um, I like Simons. I'm glad that they kept them and they wasn't thinking about moving them. And I like everyone else that they're trying to put on with the team as far as keeping Nurkic, trying to think about the um, defensive side of the ball and all of that. Yes. So I think that Portland is moving in the right direction. And I think for Dane to sign this deal, we shouldn't look at it as like, oh, he just money hungry and things like that. Another thing that people got to understand and what I was alluding to before about, you know, how they wish that Dame would have went to another team like Philly or with the Lakers and stuff like that. A lot of times guys can't just win in the whole trajectory of what people think that they can. Because think about it. We didn't start talking about Dame, you know, not winning to like what, year six or seven? Because remember, Portland was in the playoffs numerous times, whether it be the second round, they got into the conference finals at one point. It's not like the Portland Trailblazers were like a lottery team all these years with Dame, or they was only able to get out the first round. Portland tried and tried and tried and tried, just like any franchise would, to try to work with CJ and Dame, or just the point of sticking to what they had, because what they had wasn't so bad up until the point where they had to make some changes and they've been making changes. You got rid of CJ, you got rid of Terry Stotts, you're adding new coaching staff, you're adding new players like a Jeremy Grant, which I think is a great pickup because Dave even said it himself when he did an interview um, when he was in the summer league. Jeremy Grant provides a lot of potential. He has a lot of value the way that he scores and the way that he plays. That's why Denver valued him so much when he was there. That's why Detroit valued him so much that he was there. And Portland is going to do the same exact thing. And I like how they added somebody like that, where Jeremy Grant, he can give you 20, but I don't think he's going to overshadow what Dame's doing. I think he knows that Dame is the guy, and he trusts Dame that he can do whatever he can to help this team. So when you think about all of those things, I just need people to understand for a minute, yeah, it might not look good that he just accepting all this money and Portland might not get nowhere. But sometimes teams can't do that. There are 32 teams in the NBA right now. 
30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 32 in in hockey and football, but not, but in 30 in in the, in the NBA. Yeah. There's no way in heck that remotely half of these teams can get where they need to be. So people, they just need to cut dead of just this whole expectation of like, oh, well, Dame, he should just go to a super team. He should join to the blind because we have to keep the same energy. I say this all the time. The way that people talk about what Kevin Durant do when he make decisions, we need to keep the same energy when it comes to LeBron because he, you know, he chooses to go with any team he wants to go and he can essentially be the GM. And we know how big LeBron is, so of course we're not going to really think about it. But the truth of the matter is he's doing the exact same thing that we talk heavy about. So for people to talk about, oh, well, they should go to a super team, things like that, it's like, I mean, do you really want him to do that or you just want him to do that just because that's what other people are telling you. Because I know for a fact, if Dame was to go to any other team, and that's the thing, it doesn't have to be the Lakers. It could have been Philadelphia. There probably would have been a problem with that. Oh, he's running away from the grind. People saying this with KD right now with him requesting a trade out of Brooklyn. Oh, he's running away from the grind. So the fact that Damian Lillard is actually staying true to who he is and sticking to his beliefs, we should just sit there and just respect that. I don't see any issue with him taking this money. I just see this as that Portland values him because he already gave 10 plus years of his career to them. So they're going to continue valuing him. And they're already doing that with the decision that they're making, whether it be through the draft or free agency. I think Portland is going to be just fine. Do I expect them to go to the finals anytime soon? No. Probably not, but I expect them to be a playoff team. I expect them to make some noise in the West. And I think that Dame being the guy that he is, he's okay with just that. I don't think that Dame is too pressed about getting the ring because if he was so pressed about getting the ring, he would have done something about it. That's why I said about what Bradley Beal, if you're so pressed about trying to win, you would have tried to explore free agency. And the fact that you didn't, I just can't respect that. But I can respect Dame taking this money saying that I want to be loyal to Portland because I've been doing it already. Why would I stop that now? I respect Dame's decision for staying with Portland for at least four more years. And here's the reason why. Because Damian Lillard is being the man who he said beforehand. He says, I want to win a championship in Portland. Well, he may not. Listen, it probably would never happen. But guess what? He's going to own up and say, if I want to win a title, I want to win a title in Portland. And guess what? And if Portland's throwing money, I'm going to throw up the money. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to grab up all this money. And he, listen, at the end of the day, like he's a businessman, like p- players have to know that, well, p- fans have to understand that athletes are also making a business move. You got to make sure that you are making as much money as possible when you are working for a sports league, for a company, you do what you have to do. You as a casual fan would do it. So why would athletes not do the, set, the exact same thing? Now, many people will say that, well, Right now, he's good. He's he's wealthy. Like his kids, his family is going to be set for life. That is very true. But at the same time, what he has said before, he doesn't want to join a super team. He wants to be the man and lead a team to a title. And where is that? In Portland. And if he doesn't win a championship at all, then he would accept that. He's okay of saying in his career, you know what? I have done a lot of great things. And listen, the NBA has said that he's a top 75 player of all time. Now, me personally, I mean, even though I thought that was premature, 
I think that eventually, yeah, like, yeah, they're going to say by the end of his career, he's going to be a top 75 player. And not only that, I would not be surprised if Damian Lillard is a Hall of Famer. Like, I would not be surprised if he goes to the Hall of Fame. I mean, look, they Tim Hardaway Sr. is in the Hall of Fame. Damian Lillard is going to be in the Hall of Fame, too. Let, let, come on. Now, Grant Hill is in the Hall of Fame. Damian Lillard is going to be in the Hall of Fame eventually. Let's be real about that. With Damian Lillard, a lot of people get on Dame because they're like, oh, he's he's a hypocrite. He's this and that. Damian Lillard has been consistent since day one. He said, y'all cats running from the grind. So why would he say, why would he be a hypocrite of his own? Damian Lillard said that he wants to stay and win a championship in Portland. And if he doesn't win it, then he's okay with that. And my thing is about Damian Lillard. And I want to bring this up. A lot of people have a lot of hate and want to criticize Dame for what he's doing. Damian Lillard in Portland, always when he's healthy, outside of his rookie year, got this team to the playoffs. Damian Lillard has carried teams to the playoffs. Damian Lillard, at best case scenario, has led a team to the conference finals. Yes. Bradley Bill hasn't done that. Kyrie Irving hasn't done that. Damian Lillard has made sure that he has made Portland relevant. And also, Damian Lillard in his entire career has only played with one All-Star. And that one All-Star was LaMarcus Aldridge. Since 2015, he's never played with any All-Star, any All-NBA player, any All-Defensive player, not even a Defensive Player of the Year. He's only played with one player who won Most Improved Player of the Year, and that was CJ McCollum. Outside of that, he has not played with any All-Star in his career since 2015. So the way how I see is that Damian Lillard is that good enough to lead a team to the conference finals. If you get this man some help in Portland, they will be just fine. And yes, and the pressure for him, let's be honest about, about Damian Lillard. Let's, let's, let's be real. The pressure for him to win a championship is not as high as in when Le- with LeBron James and Kevin Durant. LeBron and Kevin Durant, needed to win a championship because they were compared to all-time greats. Yes. If LeBron James didn't win a championship, everybody would have said his career was a failure. That they would have said they would have said he was great, but he couldn't win a championship. Okay, Kevin Durant, why did Kevin Durant run to go to state so badly? Because they knew for a fact, Kevin Durant, honestly, let's be real. If Kevin Durant didn't win a championship, he probably would have been the greatest player to never win a title. And, and we would have looked at him and say, KD was great, but he couldn't win a championship. Exactly. We look, we look at all-time greats today. Charles Barkley, Carmelo, Patrick Ewing. We look at those players and we say, yeah, those guys are great players, but damn, they never won a championship. We're going to look at Chris Paul right now. If he doesn't win a yes. championship, we're going to look at him and say, Chris Paul is a top 75 player. It's already happening. He's, our, he's, he's a top 10 point guard of all time ever but if he doesn't win a championship by the end of his career we're gonna look at him and say damn this man did not win a title he didn't win a championship that is how we're gonna look at chris paul with damian lillard if he doesn't win a championship no one's not gonna look at him and say you know damian lillard he's great he's a top 75 player but this man didn't win a title it's hard for a point guard let a point guard to lead a team to a championship it's hard you know um Allen Iverson led a team to the finals, but he didn't win a title. Uh, Russell Westbrook was the second fiddle, was the second best player with KD 
to the NBA Finals in 2012. But as of right now, Russell Westbrook has played with more talent than Damian Lillard, and he still doesn't have a championship. Chris Paul Mm -hmm. doesn't have a title. So it is hard, unless you're Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, or Steph Curry, who has led teams to led a team to a championship, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, Oscar Robinson, he's great. Oscar Robinson had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Jason Kidd is a great point guard. Jason Kidd had Dirk Nowinski in 2011. When I look at Damian Lillard, we're not going to be like, yeah, he's a top 75 player, but man, that man did not win a championship. I wish that man. Look, look at this too. Reggie Miller did not win a championship. Nobody looks at him and say, man, that man's great, but damn, that man did not win a title. No, we don't no. think about that. No. Never mentioned it. No, no. Damian Lillard could be in a category where he could be a great player, but may not even get to the finals. Think about players who never reached the finals in the NBA. George Gervin, Alice English, Bernard King, and Dominique Wilkins. Those are those are players that I mentioned. Oh, yeah, another, another player too. Steve Nash. Steve Nash, yes. back-to-back MVPs, never went to the NBA Finals. So when we look at a guy like Damian Lillard, I don't think the pressure of him winning a title is going to be the same thing as someone who is also an all-time great. So with Dame, I appreciate the fact that he is being he is being honest what he said since day one. And I appreciate the fact that this is what he wants. Fans seem to be consistent about their part. Y'all, y'all were mad at players when they started leaving and won out in any moment and want the and and want to win a title and say, oh my God, y'all, y'all, y'all trash as hell, y'all quitting your teams. But then players like Damon Litter who want to stay and say, I want to win here at the team that drafted me in Portland to win a title, y'all criticize him too when he's taking the money and he said he wanted to win here. So I just want y'all to be consistent about this part. I have no problem that Damian Lillard wants to do this at, at all. And look, and maybe he may not win a championship, and I'm okay with that. Now, I I, I told you before, L'Oreal, I said, the only way this band's going to get traded is that Portland just trade him. Like, remember when San Antonio decided to trade away DeJounte Murray? Because they said, look, 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 we don't want to cut Murray said it. He said they said that they don't want to waste my years when you know when the, when we're going to re, when we're going to rebuild. The Spurs yeah. are, are are in rebuilding mode and they didn't want to waste DeJounte Murray's years in San Antonio. So they're like, we're gonna trade you. That's the same thing that I think that Portland has to do for Damian Lillard. If that's exactly like for him to say, no, we want to give you a shot to win a title. And I think that's what's probably gonna happen. But if Dame stays in Portland. For for his entire for his entire career, I don't have a problem with that. So to me, I definitely respect Dame's decision, and I think that that's be it. I mean, look, he's he already has had a very good career, and he's only played in the league for ten years. So exactly. So we don't we don't know. He might play about five or seven more years, and then call it call it a career. So to me, I have no problem that whatsoever. And you know, personally, I wish that he has a chance to win a championship, and you know. But forget it. Portland, Portland ain't win no. T- Listen, they're not gonna win a title anytime soon. Let alone, we gotta see if they can make it to the playoffs. But right now, like I said, I respect his decision because he's being who he said he wants to be. All right, folks. So our next topic, we're gonna go ahead and go. Oh, I said three, two, one. All right, folks. Here we go. We got L'Oreal with her W mid-season review. She's gonna talk about the All Star Weekend standings. 
playoff and finals predictions. And we got a little bit more to go, but L'Oreal, take it away because you are talking about the WNBA. Yes, yes, yes. Let's not hesitate to get started, ladies and gentlemen. Here's my midseason WNBA review. So obviously, the All-Star Weekend just happened in the Chi-Town, Chi-City, for the first time in history. WNBA history, and it was a great All-Star weekend. The ladies, all the ladies from all the teams look amazing on that orange carpet, and we had a great game as well as festivities as well. So let's talk about the festivities. Obviously, we had the three-point contest, and we had the skills contest. Allie Quigley from the Chicago Sky, she won the three-point contest for the fourth time. Yes, the fourth time. This is a WNBA and the NBA record. And I mean, you guys already know she can hit that three ball like it's nothing. She performed a great show. Congrats to her. Let's go on to the skills challenge. Sabrina Inuescu from the New York Liberty. She won and her teammate was none other than NC Commit, as well as one of her great friends, Zoe Brooks. Congrats to them for winning the skills challenge. Now let's go on to the game itself. So remember, as, um, as well as other teams, they have two teams. They had Team Wilson, hosted by Asia Wilson, of course, and Team Stewart, hosted by Brianna Stewart. Team Wilson won in a great fashion. They won 134 to 112. And Kelsey Plum, folks, Kelsey Plum, y'all, she has done amazing already this season. She lit it up in this game. She scored 30 points, just fantastic. Of course, she had the MVP honors. Let's um, shout out to some other people as well. Courtney Vandersloot, she led with assists on that team. Team Wilson, John Kell Jones for Team Stewart had 29 points, 13 rebounds. Sylvia Fowles and Sue Bird, they also play in their final and last WNBA All-Star Games, which was a teary eye moment, but they played as well. And they also made room for these other young girls to do amazing. And it was an amazing game, talented, just straight out amazing. So congrats to Kelsey Plum winning the All-Star MVP as well as Team Wilson for winning their game 134 to 112. Now let's get into the playoff stage. So before the playoff standings, let's just go over the real standings because remember, this is the midseason. So about today or tomorrow, we're going to have other influx of WNBA games happen. And we're going to have another good couple months, folks, before playoffs start roughly around September. And of course, the finals, which always starts around October. So let's look at the standings right now. So the Eastern Conference, the Chicago Sky is leading right now with 16 and 6. They have the Connecticut Sun, 14 and 8. Washington Mystics, 14 and 10. Atlanta Dream, 10 to 12. New York Liberty, 9 and 13. And the Indiana Fever at 9 and 5 and 19. Sorry about that. Now let's go into the Western Conference. The Aces still holding it down at top spot. 15 to 7. Seattle Storm, 15 to 8. LA Sparks, 10 to 12. Dallas Wings, 10 to 12. Phoenix Mercury. 10 to 14, and the Minnesota Lynx, 8 to 15. So let's go into my playoff predictions. So remember, you guys, the playoff format has always changed in the past couple years, and it's changing again this year. So this year, there's going to be three rounds now, and it's going to be the best of three, five, five. So obviously, you have the breaker tie or the elimination games, where you have the lowest seeds going up against each other. Then you have the semifinals, and then, of course, you have the finals. So let's go into my playoff predictions. So right now, there's only eight teams that can get into the playoffs. This is my list of my top eight teams. So for number one, I have the Aces. Number two, I have the Sky. Number three, I have the Storm. Number four, I have the Sun. Number five, I have the Mystics. Number six, I have the Atlanta Dream. 
Number seven, I have the Wings. And number eight, I have the LA Sparks. So, now, of course, there might be a little bit of surprise because we know that Phoenix Mercury, they are trying, they're doing well right now in the standings. But obviously, they're trying to fight to get a playoff spot. Now, the only reason I kind of took them off is because we already know they're missing Brittany Griner tremendously. I think she's really big for them on the defensive end. And even if Skylar Diggins-Smith is their best player on this team, just looking at all these other teams, I just don't think it's really time for Phoenix Mercury to get to that point. But I would not be surprised if, like I said, with the talent of Diggins, with the talent of Diana Taurasi, Sophie Cunningham, Diamond Shields that they picked up from Chicago, there is a chance they can get to that spot. But with this top 18, I'm pretty much being sold on the Aces being the best team in the league, as well as everyone else following suit. And we're going to see what happens when the playoffs actually happen. Now let's get into my finals prediction. So I have been thinking about this as a late because I remember the season prior, I said the Connecticut Sun versus the Aces. And of course, we had the Mercury in the sky, but still a great finals. So this is my prediction for the finals. I'm going with the Chicago Sky and the Las Vegas Aces. So I think the Sky, they're doing great this year. Obviously, they had a couple people that left, like Bit Steph. She went to Liberty and Diamond Shields to Phoenix. But I mean, when you have Candace Parker doing amazing, she is, as well as Courtney Vandersloot, Clea Copper, and everyone else. I think that they're still the best dominant force in the East. And with this Aces, I mean, Becky Hammond has completely changed the system. The fact that you have at least three players that scoring at least 20 points with Adrian Wilson, Kelsey Plum, and Jackie Young, there's just so much offense, so much defense. And when you think of these two teams, these two teams are top five in a lot of standings. Top five in points, field goal percentage, free throws, rebounds, blocks, everything. So a finals with the aces in the sky, I think that's something a lot of people can be looking forward to. And that right there is my WNBA midseason review. So as you guys know, the games are going to be starting right after the All-Star weekend. We're expecting the playoffs to start in September and the finals in October. All right, that was L'Oreal's 2022 WNBA midseason review. That was very, very lovely. And one of the people that you did bring up was Brittany Griner. And we're, we're already going to stick with Brittany Griner real quick because Brittany Griner... This woman, as you, if you didn't know last week, this woman, Brittany Griner, Griner, she plays for the, what is it, the Phoenix uh, Mercury? Yes, Phoenix Mercury. All right, yes. Brittany Griner, she pled guilty to drug charges for bringing hashish oil that's, you know, I guess that's related to cannabis or marijuana in Russia, by the way. Well, she she allegedly brought hashish oil in Russia. And with, with her pleading guilty, she could possibly face up to 10 years in prison. She has been detained since, well, she has been detained in Russia since February. And listen, the U.S. government and Russia, they're trying to do what they can to make a deal where they could do a prison swap and hopefully to have her come back home in America. So I know that we've talked about, we, we, we spoke about this here and there about Brittany Griner. We even say free Brittany Griner all the time. So L'Oreal, I just want to, I just want you to, you know, just let me know what are your thoughts about this whole thing that's going on with Brittany Griner? Because I want to bring this up to a broader topic. Well, to a bigger topic that we can discuss as well. But what are your thoughts about Brittany Griner, who is still detained in Russia? Well, first and foremost, Free Brittany Griner. I'm going to keep screaming it and I'm going to keep saying it and acknowledging it until she is free. 
And here's my thing on the situation. We understand that Russia has laws and we understand that Russia clearly and they firmly state their laws and obviously they prosecute clearly and strictly on those laws. That is not the issue when we talk about this Brittany Griner case. I want everybody to know that because I'm getting sick and tired of people saying, well, she should have known to not bring this stuff or she should have known, she should have known. Okay, we get it. We get that Russia had these laws. We get that what she does is illegal by Russian law. And we understand that she is going to face consequences regardless because of what she did was illegal in Russia. But let's stick into the bigger issue. The bigger picture is that Brittany Griner has faced extreme conditions since this thing even happened. Why is it that she has been detained for over four months and she can't talk to her wife? She can't talk to her teammates. She can't talk to any loved ones. That's extreme. Why is it that because of the fact that she's done this crime, and let's be real, folks, the fact that she is Black, the fact that she is gay, a part of the LGBTQ community, that I think is a part of the reason why they're being extreme with this sentencing. There is no way in hell that she should be convicted 10 years for this. She shouldn't. She should not. And I understand that this is the Russian law and Russian thinks of marijuana and other type of things differently than the U.S. But let's just bring Mary. this to the perspective of the U.S. perspective because she is an American. They said that there was hashish oil along with multiple crimes that was somehow found in her bag. If, if, if you've been in the state like the state of Michigan where lead marijuana has been legal, the average price of a lot of these carts and oils at the most could be between 15 to $40. So you're telling me that Brittany Griner deserves to be in jail for up to 10 years for having what is really $40 worth of material? I'm sorry, I just can't get with that. I can't get with that. And also I'm sick and tired of people bringing the comparisons of like, oh, what if LeBron James within this issue? Like, shut up, LeBron James makes 40 plus million dollars. He don't have to worry about going to Russia. He would never let's be in this situation. Let, let's 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 let's, let's, let's be in Russia. He would never be in this situation at all. So, <laughs> so let's let's just keep it real right there. But go ahead, continue. Exactly. He wouldn't be in this situation. Instead of thinking about that, let's talk about the constant issue of just WNBA players or just women athletes just being just shortened and just pushed to the side. Because essentially, that's why players like Brittany Grinder, Candace Parker, and many other players go to China, Russia, just overseas, period, to make the money that they deserve. Because they not even get paid what they worth. The average salary in the WBA for a top player, just think about the disrespective. The top player right now, besides Brittany Grinder, is Adrian Wilson. Adrian Wilson just recently signed an extension. That extension is only $250,000. That is as much a doctor makes. And these are supposed to be world-class athletes that we have the high respect in regard. So why the hell do people like Brittany Griner have to risk their lives going overseas to make the money when they can just stay in America and make that money? That is what we need to talk about. I'm sick and tired of people saying, oh, she, she should have known. Let, let's, let's get past that. 
it would be different if we first heard the news that she did it and it's like oh okay like you know what i'm saying because the thing is i understand people thinking that it's ridiculous of her to do that i understand that because of course when you go to countries like russia who's at war or just even countries like russia period where the customs are strict everything is damn near strict you have to pretty much have four eyes in the back of your head to make sure that you don't get in trouble i get that but we gotta get past that what she is the condition that she is in is extremely unfair and i don't care what nobody say it's ridiculous that she can't even talk to her own wife her own wife who was vouching for her and has been supporting her since day one and also i don't want to hear all that bs about um joe biden you know read her letter basically crying and pleading for help that she wanted to get out i don't want to hear that because as far as i'm concerned if joe biden or better yet if the united states of america cared about their citizens and wanted to do anything in their power which they had the power to do to get Brittany grinder home they should have did it it shouldn't take four or five months for them to all of a sudden receive her cries of pleading help like get out of here man it's just ridiculous to me it's just ridiculous and i just want Brittany to be home she deserves to be home i don't care about what she did over in russia and we understand the russian law but the condition that she has been in has been far from extreme and i just wanted to stop it has to stop so you don't believe that that joe biden and the u.s gov government has done everything they could as of right now to make sure that Brittany griner comes back to america i really don't think so Jabari. i'm sorry like just listening to what to, to what i heard about him reading that letter I'm sorry, it doesn't move me. She's been detained, wrongfully detained, and they declared that she's been wrongfully detained for mm -hmm. pretty much almost five months. So five months. Of how do you no expect contact. them? So how do you expect them to make a business decision against against a country that doesn't even like us? How no, do you no, expect? No, 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 Russia, no, Russia and Vladimir Putin are in war on Ukraine. So how do you expect them to make a deal? when a country that does not like America, that hates our guts. Like, do you expect her to be home sooner? No, I, I don't expect to be home sooner. That's not what I meant. No, I I'm asked, no, I mean, I'm asked, like, do you, like, do you believe that, like, I, what, I think what I'm looking at this situation, and I, and I, first of all, let me just be very clear. Brady Griner, what she is going through in, Rus in Russia is, it is a damn shame, okay? And for her, for, for her to be in a situation, it is a damn shame. Now, did she do it? I don't know. I know that she pled guilty. That's why I do know. Rather she did it or not, I think that, that the USA should find a way, however how long it takes, to find a way to get her back home. Now, I will bring this up, and I'll be very clear about this. Why is she in these hostile countries like Russia or in China? Because guess what? Because the WMA, the WMA ain't giving her much money. And WNBA, let's let, let's be very clear. This year, if she if she would have played in the WBA right now, which the season has already started, she would have been making $227,000. LeBron James is making damn near $41 million. $41 million. LeBron James is a billionaire. Okay. If she goes to, well, when she goes to Russia to play basketball, she's making more than $1 million a year. A year, a year. And I'd say, and I, I would say that in sports, this 
this world, let alone this country, this, this world has underappreciated women. They have underappreciated female athletes on yes. a whole different tier. They're not making as much money as the guys. They are, for some reason, they're not getting the same treatment as male athletes are. Like seriously, whether it's the Olympics or collegiate, professional, they are underappreciated. So I was just looking at this, right? I look, I was, this is actually funny. The NFL, MLB, and the NBA are the wealthiest sports leagues in the world. By revenue, in the world. The WNBA are not even in the top 50. And speaking of, speaking of which- 50? You they're said 50? They're not even in the top 50 wealthiest sports leagues in the world. Oh my God. Listen, listen, let, me let me tell you sports leagues, professional sports leagues, that's not in the top 50, that is making more revenue than the WNBA. The EuroLeague, Germany, France, and Japan's pro basketball league is making more revenue than the WNBA. You gotta be kidding me. And what these women are going through, I mean, they, they are like, I don't even know they're in the, listen, they're like in the lower tier in the top 100, if you ask me, or they're even outside the top 100. Women in sports are so underappreciated. They should get more money. Now for me, and I got two things to say. Now, one, do I believe that LeBron just would be in the situation? Well, no, because the money that he's getting, they're going to make sure that he's, he's damn near going to be a millionaire. So he's fine. Okay. Now, of course, Brittany Griner is, is her net worth is $5 million. So she's good. Like I could use $5 million. I'll be good. She, but for her being a professional athlete, she should be making more. Now, LeBron James, now people will say that, well, what it would be different. Um, if LeBron James was in the situation, no, if, if anything, Russia would have kept his ass just like, just like, which one, like Brittany Griner. Cause they would, cause they would have like, we got LeBron James. Well, yeah. We going to make sure we detain him. You, you crazy. It might be just as I mean, issue. It might take two, three years, maybe for Brittany Griner. She's still, you know, if she's in prison anyway. But I just want to say that I do not believe that LeBron James will be home sooner than Brittany Griner. You know what I'm saying? Just because LeBron James is a man. I don't believe that LeBron James, LeBron James would have been home by now if he was in the situation. But let's take LeBron James out of the situation because he don't have to go through this. A lot of these male athletes who are millionaires, who is making bank, who's making generational wealth, they don't have to go through the situation. So let's take them out of the situation. What I think that needs to happen and for af women athletes to be more appreciated and to get more money, I think here's another thing I would say. Brittany Griner and other athletes, they need to be advertised more. Yes. That's one. Two, and you need women to step up and support these female athletes. Majority of the audience, the demographics of these people who watch the WNBA are men. L'Oreal, you know this. Majority of men watch the WNBA. I would say it's equal, but the problem is equal? you said it. No, I think it's equal. I can count to you on one hand numerous women who either cover the WNBA. I'm not. Or no, no, no. I'm, not I'm not denying about people who are covered. I'm talking about demographic. I'm talking about the, the majority of people who are watching, who are attending, is men. Like it's men, it's men. And I think that women need to step up and go to these games. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm being real, Lord, like me personally, like you're one of the fewest people, like I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about like far, far as people like in sports media, like I'm talking about just on an average day, on an everyday basis, I can't find five girls that I could say, 
yo, you want to go to the sports game just because they love the game. Like just because they love the game. I'm not talking about they're there for the entertainment or for the atmosphere. I can't find five girls. I can't. Okay, can. you can. I can find, I can, okay. I can find five dudes easily to say, hey, yo, I'm about to go to this game. You want to come? Boom, let's go. And I think that in this situation with, we have the feminist movement, we have, we have more women than men in this world, especially in this country. Women need to be more involved in the WNBA than men. Now, mm-hmm. as as, like, listen, all the advertisement, all this other stuff, they didn't do something. Listen, we have, we have Megan D. Stallion with this hot girl summer movement here. <laughs> There's a lot of women who supported Megan D. Stallion with that hot girl summer stuff, all right? So, and we, th- she has millions of women who supported her. We got the Beyonce, the beehive. Yeah. Y'all mean to tell me not one bit that that same group of women, especially the women who are in the feminist movement, they can't come and support and do what they can to help out the WNBA. It only takes y'all to buy a ticket and watch and support these female athletes. These female athletes. Yes, I agree that more male that more men should be supporting WNBA. And there's multiple reasons why, why a lot of men don't watch the WNBA. But women, when there's more women than men in this country alone. Women have to step up and support the WNBA. And I, I guarantee you, just like women support uh, the Beehive with Beyonce and Hot Girl Summer and the feminist movement, the Me Too movement, I guarantee you right now, the WNBA will make, uh, if not close, damn near close to what the, I, I don't, okay, I don't know about close, but what, it depends on the matter how. It should how, be the same thing because I get but, what you're saying. But right? yeah, but they, they should be making, but well, first of all, they should be making more money than your, the Euro League, Germany, France, or Japan's pro basketball league for yes. sure. Okay. W, listen, if they could be in the top 30, I think that the WNBA will be fine on making sure that we have millionaires in the WNBA. There is no, listen, if women step up, if more women step up in this country, I guarantee you right now, we will have multiple millionaires in the WNBA. And I'm talking about female athletes. So that's what I'm seeing right now. And, and uh, y'all know how I feel about Brittany Griner. Y'all know how I feel about Brittany Griner. But I think it is up to, to people who are involved in sports to step up and help out female, female athletes so they don't have to be in the situation Man, and, and, and women have to step up as well to make sure that that women like Brittany Griner don't have to go through that. These are the things that needs to happen. Plain and simple. I'm Free glad Brittany you mentioned Griner. that. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because it is important. And for all my women, just support women. I don't care if you're a doctor. I don't care if you're a zoologist. I don't care if you are a world class athlete. I'm going to support you, especially if you're a woman who work just as hard as me, because I know hardworking women in my life, whether it be the people I see on TV or my own family. I will always support a woman, no matter what their age, gender, or occupation is, as long as they're as hardworking as me and they provide the same values. So I'm glad you mentioned it, Jabari. If for all like, just like I support Megan the Stallion and I support Beyonce, I support women who are doctors, women who are social workers, fashion, and I definitely support yep. the hell out of these athletes. Asia Wilson, I, the list can go on and yep. on. These women are absolutely talented, period. 
It doesn't matter if they're women or not. They are talented and they stay true to themselves. And that's why they are the world-class athletes that they are today. So right. they should be just as equally respected as any other woman, no matter what the position is. I mean, it's unfortunate. I mean, Serena Williams, she's a, I mean, she is a millionaire, but that's because of the sport that she plays and where she's at. And and, she, and people feel like she's underpaid. She needs to get more money. But like I said, I just think that, well, number one, I will say this right now. I'm just going to keep it 100%. Um, if you are anybody, don't go to Russia or China because they own some other stuff. And y'all know they got different laws, all right? Shoot. <laughs> China don't know how to take care of their own people, all right? What the heck you think they going to do when it comes to people like me and you? And all right, so I... Okay, I ain't going no damn China. And I'm sure, and I ain't going no no Russia, especially they in war with, with Ukraine. Sorry. They are in you, listen, they are in war with Ukraine. I'm not going through that either. So that's just me. But like I said, as we say it all the time, free Britney Griner, free Britney Griner. All right. Yes. All right. So we are about to be at the end of our show. And we got one more topic that we do want to bring up. And it's some football news. And, you know, we talked about this beforehand about this guy, Baker Mayfield. So it happened, L'Oreal. The Cleveland Browns did trade Baker Mayfield to the Carolina Panthers. And what did the Browns get in return? A conditional fifth-round draft pick in 2024. Yeah, so it was a 2024 fifth-round draft pick. And obviously, as you do know, the Panthers still have Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. He took a He actually took a pay cut just to make sure that he can go to Carolina. So it, we don't know if, if he is going to be a starter or not, but let's just talk about this L'Oreal because I don't even think there's much to say about this. Can Baker Mayfield make the Panthers a contender next season? I think there is a possibility because, you know, the NFC South, it is still pretty wide open. Obviously, Tampa Bay will for sure with Tom Brady win that division, but I think it's going to be interesting to see the other two teams, especially the Panthers, now that they have Baker Mayfield, and the Saints, of course, when Jameis Winston come back and everybody else come back. But I think for Baker Mayfield, this is a great situation. Remember, I said this, Jabari. I said that Baker Mayfield may not be the greatest quarterback, but he's a quarterback that you can have on your team, considering the teams that I mentioned before, including the Panthers, to where if I saw Baker Mayfield on the market, I will get him. So I'm glad that they got him. I hope that he can start. I think that when you put Baker Mayfield on this team, the Panthers don't look too bad. You already have great offensive weapons in DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey. Of course, if he can stay healthy because he does have health issues. But when you think of just that offensive core alone, that's good enough for Baker to do some magic with. And on top of that, the defense is not too bad. Like I said, I'm not going to expect the Panthers to really blow us over the water. But for Baker Mayfield especially, this is his chance to prove to everyone that he should be in these quarterback conversations. We already just seen the top 10 list of quarterbacks. We already know when we talk about quarterbacks, the Baker Mayfield get mentioned a lot, not necessarily. So for Baker Mayfield, this is his chance to say, okay, I'm in a new environment now. I have to deal with the toxic mix in Cleveland anymore. New clay, new, new clean slate, clean plate. I can play with a team that'll give me a chance. Let me go ahead and rock it. And that's what I'm expecting Baker to do. I'm rooting for him. I hope that he can at least get this team to the playoffs because if he can get this team to the playoffs, he might be able to stay with the Panthers. Or like I said before, if, you know, if he is to be off the market again, teams will look at him and say, okay, he was able to go to a different team in a different scenario and he actually took him to the playoffs. 
I might want to give him money, et cetera, et cetera. So especially for Baker's case, this is his time to shine. And I'm just hoping that he'll do that. Okay. Are we okay here? Like, are we fine? Like, is everything fine here? Listen, is your, is your mother going to listen to this uh, episode right here? Because I, I hope she listens to this, but I don't know what the heck is going on. Contender? Contender for what? I mean, if you talk about making contending as a lottery team, then yeah, sure, because that's the only thing they're going to be as a lottery team. I mean, let, let's just be honest. Yes, without question, you have Ann Thomas, their tight end, DJ Moore, Ro- Robbie Anderson, and Christian McCaffrey. That Those are two, three, four good weapons. I will give you that right there. But this O-line is not that good. This O-line is not that good. It's definitely not like the Cleveland Browns O-line. And the defense in Cleveland is better than Carolina's defense. Absolutely. I don't even know how the coach is going to be or the OC, whatever. Baker Mayfield is an average quarterback. Baker Mayfield cannot lead a team to the playoffs. He can help. He can enhance. But leading or carrying, that's not Baker Mayfield. And looking at this team last season, obviously they had Sam Darnold as the starting quarterback. And then it was Cam Newton. I'm back. They won five games they were five and 12 so is baker mayfield going to make sure that they turn to those five wins to what six seven i mean i'll be honest with you right now i i I just can't see this team even win more than seven games next season baker mayfield he won out of cleveland so he went to a worse situation than cleveland because cleveland he had better weapons he had a better defense and well coach it doesn't really matter because look it is what it is all we know is that he was in a better situation. He had better weapons in Cleveland than in Carolina. I understand that there was issues going on in Cleveland, and there's a reason why, but we don't even know if Deshaun Watson is going to play next season, this upcoming season. So if we don't know that, then why not show you that, you know what, I'm going to stay in Cleveland for one more year, show you that I can still be a decent quarterback. Because think about this. Cleveland was so confident that they were going to trade him any, but if they were going to trade him anywhere, it was going to go to a lottery team because they were not going to trade him to Pittsburgh, which no. I would like to see. If he was in Pittsburgh, we would have said, oh, well, let, let, let's, let's see what Baker Mayfield can do in Pittsburgh. If he would have went to um, to Indianapolis with the Colts before Matt Ryan came, we would have said, oh, well, we'll see what the Colts can do. If he would have went to the Tennessee Titans, we would have said, oh, okay, let's see what, what, what Baker Mayfield could do. I ain't worried about Baker Mayfield if he's in Carolina. When I honestly, honestly, L'Oreal, when I heard this news, I was like, oh, well, I mean, I mean, I guess he's going to be with another lottery team again. I mean, Baker Mayfield, he's, he's average. That's what he is. And for him to be with this team, I am not expecting much. All I know is that the question would be, is he going to start or not? Because that's the only thing I'm, I'm worried about. Baker Mayfield, like I said, he's not going to get this team to the playoffs because let's be real. We don't even know if they would even be the third best team in their division. In the NFC South, they're not going to be better than the Buccaneers or the Saints. They might not be better than the Falcons. So why would I believe that they will be a playoff contender? Seriously, are they going to be better than the Eagles? No. No. Cowboys? No. Are they Rams? 49ers? No. I just made you about six, seven, eight teams that we don't think it's going to be that that we think it's going to be better that well that well to the bad that are going to be better than the Panthers. Really? Are they are they going to be better than the Vikings? No. 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 So, I mean, 
I mean, seriously, I, I just I just don't know. So because of that, like I, I just, said, it's up to Baker Mayfield. If he want to stink up the joint, then they're going to be stinky. Well, <laughs> if he want to do something about it, which I believe he 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 has the ability to, then we'll see what happens. Well, outside of 2020, he's just been sticking up the joint. I'm just let's be real about that. So we will see if something happens. But I would say week one, it would be the Browns versus the Panthers. We will see what Baker Mayfield possibly can do to his former team, the Cleveland Browns. All right, folks, that's it for the Bounce Podcast, episode 80. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Simplecast, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and on YouTube, folks. I want you to like, comment, subscribe, and download us, folks. I want you to share this to your family members, to your friends, to your associates. You, you already know the deal is, people. And we still here every weekend. There's a lot of things that's getting spicy. I want y'all to get ready for the Major League Baseball All-Star Game that will be on Tuesday, and it will be on July 19th. Yeah, July 19th, and it's going to be spicy. And shout out to Miguel Cabrera and yes, Gregory Soto from the from the Detroit Tigers making it to the All-Star. So we'll see what happens on that time, over that time, I should say. Thank you for listening to the Bounce Podcast, episode 80. My name is Jabbar Anderson with my co-host, L. Peace! Yay!